0: This month, we're going to be dealing with family matters, with family matters, um, and I'm excited about this, this topic to really teach this to uh, everyone, and uh, it's, this is going to be good, especially with our young people in here today, and then as we progress throughout this month, we're really going to dive into uh, a few things. So uh, next week, I'm really looking forward to uh, next Wednesday because my wife and I will actually be teaching together. Uh, so you don't, excuse me, you don't want to miss that next week uh, and hear uh, from Sister Robinson, and uh, as we teach together uh, on certain topics uh, when it comes to family matters, the family is important to God. The family is important to God. God instituted marriage with the first humans, Adam and Eve. God made the covenant with with Abraham. When He made that covenant, He included His household. He included his children, he included other descendants, and that commandment or that covenant included not only the promises, but also the commands or the guidelines. So God cares about families, but he also cares about individuals. He also cares about the broken homes. He, he cares about Uh, Individuals, the scripture even refers to it in James 1 27. Uh, It talks about what true religion is. But before we go there, uh, he cares about uh, broken families. He cares about the fatherless. He cares about protecting uh, widows. He cares about victims of divorce. You know, James chapter 1, verse number 27 uh, lets us know that he's involved when he cares about needy children, um, those that have lost their fathers and women that have lost their husbands. It speaks about all these things uh, there in the book of scriptures. The church, matter of fact, is a spiritual family uh, with spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, spiritual brothers, and also spiritual sisters. So the Lord is concerned about Family. The one thing that I want to hit on today and really dive into is this one word that is very important to all families, both natural and spiritual. And that word is communication. All right. Communication. We want to dive into communication. All right. Can I talk to you today? All right. There's five principles that I want to dive into today when it deals with communication. and Uh, I want to dive into a little deeper level of communication, but before I go deeper, I want to hit on these five principles. The first principle is trust. First principle is trust. We must teach our children, we must teach our young people to trust. They must trust. They must trust our word. Parents should have a trustworthy word. The church should have a trustworthy word. We should not look at our parents, children should not look at the parents here in the church as liars. They should be able to trust your word. Young people, young adults, even adults should look to the elderly and trust their word. We should not consider someone a liar. And so that is important. It is important to teach our children to trust in the Lord. It is also important to trust in the pastor. The pastor should not be considered a liar. The pastor should not be considered someone that says one thing, but he never stands by his word. The pastor should be someone that says if he's going to do a certain thing, he's going to do everything he can to make sure he comes through on that certain thing. Amen. And so that's important. Why? Because at home, we should be teaching our children they should trust the pastor. The children should not be hesitant to talk to the man of God. They shouldn't be hesitant to go to the man of God if they're dealing with certain things in their life or even certain things at home. Even if you as a parent or an adult has to be the mediator. Are you hearing me, church? Even if you have to be the mediator to allow that conversation to happen, it's good for the men and women the boys and girls of the church, to have a trust in the leadership in the church, starting with the pastor. So trust is important. We must build trust now so that we can build credibility later. You build trust now so that you can build credibility later. Credibility is important, but it starts with trust. The second thing is to observe, observe. We must teach them to watch. What are they watching? They're watching our actions, all right? We must teach them to watch. They must watch our actions. We must show them what to do and how to do it. This is important when it comes to the family because the family does not start and end inside the four walls but the family continues outside the four walls. All right? This is important because children don't stop watching. They watch it inside the four walls, and they also watch outside the four walls. It doesn't stop with children. I'm still watching. Amen. Adults still watch. We observe, and so it's important to have a consistent lifestyle, a consistent speech, a consistent talk. Inside the church and outside the church. And when it comes to our youth, our young people, they watch everything. So the things that we do, the things that we say, the places that we go, it's important that we have a good observation lifestyle that they can pattern after. All right? So it's important we have trust, they must observe. And then the third thing is hear, hear me, follow me. It's important to write that down, hear me, follow me. When it comes to family communication, we must teach our young people and those in the household to listen. We must teach our spouses to listen, husbands and wives to listen. We must teach individuals in the church. It's important to listen. All right. At a certain age for all of our young parents in here that have young people at a certain age, you have to be able to take away the toys in church. Yes, sir. All right. You shouldn't be 10, 11, 12, 13 years old and you still playing on the iPad in church. You're still playing on mommy and daddy's cell phone in church. They're they're scrolling, and that that goes for everyone. Amen? I'm preaching, I look out, they just... You ain't looking for the Bible scripture that hard. If you're struggling that hard to find a Bible verse, we need to talk. Matter of fact, we're just going to put down the device and get you one of those Bibles, you know, with the tabs. Like, you, see what you got there? Where it tells you Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Find it a little bit quicker. All right? And then I'll, I'll just see. <laughs> i say, oh, no. You, you ain't scrolling through the book of scriptures. We must listen. Hear me. Follow me. We must teach ourselves to listen In order to be obedient, because that's the fourth thing, to obey. Hear me, follow me. Oh, my wife and I are going to dive into this next Wednesday. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because I'm laying some, today is groundwork. All right. I I want to stay disciplined today. But we're really going to dive into that hear me, follow me, because we, we have to move beyond just do what I say, not what I do. Those days are over. They should have never begun. But they've, they've got to be long gone. What we say in here, you must continue to say out there. Amen? And what you do in here, see, you see, you can fake other people out. You can't fake God out. You can have your eyes closed. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh. You go home, you just got the filthiest mouth, you yelling and screaming and hollering, kicking doors in, punching holes in walls, and you come back, oh, yes, Lord. <laughs> you a lie. <laughs> who are you, who you, who you lying to? Yourself, right. first of all. Right. Lying to yourself. Yes. No, uh-uh. We, we have to be able to we're going to dive into that next week. Hear, obey. The importance of obedience cannot be overemphasized. Church, can I stay on this subject for at least two minutes? I'm looking at the time here. Obedience. I taught on this. When did I, I just talked about this, didn't I? When did I talk about this? Was it, was it last Wednesday? Thank you. Obedience. If, if we're not training ourselves to obey, you're not training the younger generation to obey. All right? We have to have obedience. There must be obedience in the house of God. All right? If you lack obedience, you lack discipline. All right? You lack obedience, you lack discipline. Listen, these are principles that can be applied not only in the church, but in the workforce as well. Right? You lack obedience in the workforce. Well, let me tell you, you ain't going to have that job too long. Let's just cut right to the chase. You're not going to have that job too long. It's amazing how people can fall in line with the rule that they hate at work, but they have a hard time falling in line with the scriptures at church. We, we've got to learn how to be able to be obedient. But in order to be obedient, we've got to listen. The days of, oh, I didn't know. I didn't hear that part. I must not have been here. Well, we can talk about that too later. No, 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 we, we, we've got we've to listen, we've got to take heed, and then we must apply. All right? Blessings will come. Listen, take heed, apply. Listen, take heed, and then apply. The importance of obedience cannot be overemphasized. And then the last thing is discern. Discern, D-I-S-C-E-R-N, discern. We must be taught how to think. And we must teach young people, the people in our household, how to think. Because as their understanding increases, they are able to put into practice the wisdom they have learned. Yes, sir. We must be able to teach the people in our household, teach ourselves how to have discernment. Because mommy and daddy won't always be around. Grandma and grandpa won't always be, always be around. Pastor won't always be around. The one who you look to for your spiritual guidance may not always be around. But you have to be able to take what you have learned from them and then be able to apply it. All right? You can't continue to dance on somebody else's altar that they built. You have to, at some point, build your own altar. It's okay for a little while, maybe when you first get into this walk, to be able to dance on somebody else's testimony. But at some, some point in time, you're going to have to have your own testimony. Because you're going to go through a test, but in order for it to be a testimony, you've got to come through it. All right? You've got to come through it. So you have to be able to discern because when the rubber meets the road and when you're out there dealing with certain spirits and certain things and certain circumstances, you've got to know what to do to handle it. Amen? You have to know how to interact with the certain, certain people in this world. Otherwise, you'll lose your mind. They'll, they'll try to drive you crazy. That's so true. And so these five steps are Important because these five steps are repeatable. All right. We must continue to trust, observe, hear, obey and discern. These five principles are important to constantly be in the household and be taught in the household and also teach yourself. Some of us need to work on our trust. Some of us need to learn how to observe better hear, Obey and then discern. We repeat these constantly. And as parents that are in the household with children, you have to find out where you are. Are you in the trust stage? Are you in the observe stage? Hear, obey, discern? Where are you at when it comes to the children that are in your household, or even the family dynamic that is in your household, the husband and wife, or the person by themselves? Where are you at in that dynamic? Because those things are constant, and they will never stop those five principles, amen? Let I me mean, know oh, that not only communication is important, but honest communication is important. Because we can be communicating, but we're not communicating the right way. We're not communicating honestly. Honest communication is important. The first relationship recorded in Scripture is between God and Adam. Adam learned everything he knew from conversations with his father. God told Adam his origin, his name, his job, his purpose and the parameters of expected behavior. I'm going to repeat that. God told Adam his origin, his name, his job, his purpose, and the parameters of expected behavior. Right. Communication is that much more important in a talk-less, nonverbal communication society. We are more, Many, many of us, We spend a whole lot of time on devices, cell phones, computers, laptops, iPads, tablets, more than we do communicating face to face. We live in a society now that would prefer to send a text than pick up the phone and call. People can actually communicate better by text than they can talking on a phone or just talking to someone face to face the art of being able to go to someone and communicate with them face-to-face, man-to-man, woman-to-woman has been lost. The intimidation factor that is so prevalent in our day, just to go to another man, another woman and have a conversation is unreal. It's unreal. And so honest communication is important. Because we must be able to talk with individuals in our home and then teach them to have proper communication with people. All throughout scripture, we see the power of effective transferable communication. And that transferable communication is on their level of understanding. You need to write that down transferable communication means you are communicating at a level of understanding. Why is that important? Because you can talk all day to an individual, you can teach, but if you're not teaching and talking on their level, they're not going to get it. We can bring people, our loved ones, our children into the church, and you can say, well, I brought them to church, I brought them to Sunday school, I sat them down right next to me, they heard the priest's word for 30 years. What do you mean you don't know that? Because it was never taught to them at their level. You never talk to them at a level that they can understand it. And until you talk to people at a level they can understand it, they won't get it. You can sit in a one God church, baptism in Jesus name church, and filling of the Holy Ghost church, all the doctrinal principles that we teach Sunday after Sunday, year after year, but that does not mean people are understanding it. They can sit here all day and shake their head and say, yeah, that sounds good. It just sounded good. But they have no idea how to comprehend it. They don't understand it. All right? And I'm telling you, parents that have children, somebody say family matters. matters. See, it matters to God. It matters to God how you communicate. It matters to God the conversations that you're having at church. Are we only having church during church? I want to challenge families here today. I want to challenge you. Are you talking to your children about the book of scriptures that we call the Bible at home? Are we raising a generation that only hears the Bible at church? Are we raising people that only hears the Bible during Sunday school? I sure hope not. And I hope after this month is over that we're actually spending time—30 minutes, a half hour, or excuse me, 30 minutes to an hour—just talking with children, talking with our loved ones, talking with grandchildren. I spoke about it not too long ago. Grandparents, when you have those grandchildren come over, pray with them, read the Word to them, talk with them. Don't just take them out to the park and then just send them home. Amen. Amen. Don't just take them out to the park, so feed them candy, fill them up with M&Ms, and then just send them on their way and tell the parents good luck. <laughs> oh, we had a great time. <laughs> and then, oh, that's not just my grandparents, my parents? Oh, that's everybody, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, fill them up with sweets, and then they do this. Y'all have a good night now. We're about to go get some rest. <laughs> Yeah, because they know we ain't about to sleep. (laughs) No, 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 no. Especially if you know they're not in a godly home. Why why are we not reading to them? Are, Are we still praying? I know we are. I know we pray in this church. I know we read in this church. So why don't you share scriptures or what God has laid on your heart with our loved ones, with our children, with our grandchildren? It's important. Because the only time we get to hear the word is right here. Oh, no. Because not only what I teach or preach is going over many adults' heads, not because of my great wisdom, it's just, that's just the nature of it. Some things go in, some things go right over their head. It's no different with children. It's no different. And so it's important to have effective communication. And the only way to be effective is just to make sure that you teach it on their level. And how do you know you're being effective? If when they can look at you and say, I understand. And then you can ask them, well, what did I just say? And then they can turn and repeat it right back. Amen? Amen. Y'all do that with y'all husbands and wives? Now, what did I just say? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Sister Robinson, we'll handle that next week, okay? (laughs) Don't don't we do that? You didn't hear me. You you doing this, you doing that? The husband said, I heard you, I heard you. I heard you, I heard what you said. I ain't listening, but I heard you. <laughs> I know I'm telling the truth. I ain't listening. Well, you know. I know I, I, I take the trash out in the morning, I get it. You go forget in the morning. I'm having flashbacks. So let me keep going. I'm ha- y'all know what's happening in my house, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me keep going. Hey man. family matters, y'all, family matters. Family matters. So we must teach it on their level, level of understanding. Abraham and Isaac. He was the promised child of the covenant, Isaac was. Yet Isaac still had to dig wells. He still had to fight for his life. He still had to learn how to worship himself. What I'm saying is that it must be transferable. We, see, we, we have a generation of people, young people, that don't understand what it takes or what it took for their parents to get where they are. Every generation wants a generation underneath them to have a better life. Every one of us. Every one of us that have children in here, you know you want your children to have better opportunities in life than what you had. Every one of us. But where we fail naturally and spiritually is teaching them what it took for me to get to where I am. We handicap them. We we have handicapped people naturally and spiritually because we know how to use the drill. We know how to use the hammer, but they don't. Can I use a natural sense? You hear what I'm saying? We know how to put together certain things, but the children don't. Why? Because it took that in order for us to get to where we are. Now we're bettering their life and they don't know how to do those things. Amen. It's so true. It's no different in the church. It's no different with spiritual things. You know what it took for you to stay where you are, for you to remain where you are, for you to remain faithful, for you to remain loyal unto the Lord. Are we teaching those same principles To the younger generation so whether you have children here or don't have children here the children that are here are affected by the example that we all are setting that's why I'm thankful that all the young people in here why because you have examples in here that pray you have examples in here that worship now can we all do better yes we can yes we can And I pray that after this Family Matters series, that we will all have a greater understanding and appreciation for what we should be doing in the house of the Lord and outside the house of the Lord. Some ought to say amen. Amen. Ruth and Naomi. Where Ruth exemplified submission and loyalty. These are qualities that we all should possess submission and loyalty to things that we need to teach. Paul and Timothy, moving on to the New Testament. We understand the mentorship that Paul was to Timothy. There are three types of men that all men should have. Every man in here should, should write this down, take note of this. There's three types of men. One is, who is your Paul? Who is your mentor? Who is your spiritual guidance and authority? Every man should have that in their life. If you don't have that, you're going down a road that you think you can handle by yourself and you can't. Everybody in here should have a Paul, should have a mentor. Who is that mentor? You should be able to walk up to me today and say who that mentor is. If you don't, you need to pray about it tonight and have a mentor. You should have someone that you're able to call and get guidance from. Amen. You should have someone in your life that you should be able to call and get spiritual guidance and counseling from. I see some women in here saying, yeah, I need that, too. You should have a Paul and you should also have a Timothy. Who are you pouring into? You should have a Timothy. Every man in here should have a Timothy in their life. Who are you pouring into? Who are you spending time with? Who are you calling just to check on and see how they're doing? Who are you taking under your wing? All right. Everyone should have a Paul. Everyone should have a Timothy that they pour into. And then everyone should have a Barnabas. Everyone should have a Barnabas. That is someone who encourages you. Someone that you may not even talk to. It can be be weeks. It can be months. But they just call you up out the blue. Send you an email, send you a text message just to encourage you, just to let you know everything's going to be all right. Just to let you know, hey, you're going to come through this. You're going to pull through this. God laid you on my heart. Everyone should have a Barnabas, and you can be that Barnabas as well. Amen? Amen. These are signs of a healthy church. See, when we have people that come into the church that are from broken families, the church should represent a healed family. A family that where people from broken homes and brokenness can come in and feel healing and take part in healing and know what it's like to have a brother, a sister, a mother, a father. They should feel these things. They should know and feel that all here because family matters to a church and family matters to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And if. Well, let me say this. Honest communication is the linchpin of all relationships. Honest communication is the linchpin of all relationships. A linchpin is just simply a a pin passing through the end of an axle that keeps the wheel in position. So if you don't have honest communication, the wheels fall off. And this honest communication should be about all life issues. It should be about health, it should be about finances, it should be about expectations, it should be about preferences, and individual needs, you should be able to speak honestly and openly about all these things in the household. All right? All these things in the household, health, finances, expectations, preferences, and individual needs should all be able to be communicated in the household. Amen. Amen. All these things should be communicated in the household, and they should be consistently, because sometimes these things change. We're not always in the same health. The financial situation is not always the same. Expectations, expectations may change. Preferences, people grow. They change. And so it's important to have these things in the household consistently as a communication. Because once you have these things consistently and it's honest communication, now you can set proper boundaries. You can't have proper boundaries if you don't have the right communication. And that's where we get off. We don't have the right boundaries, but we lack communication. We wonder why our boundaries are off. It's because our communication is off. It's no different with walking with the Lord. It's no different than walking with the Lord. God will set clear communications. It's already been written. It's already been given to us. But if we don't take the time to understand him and hear from him, then everything is offset Then, Amen. So appropriate boundaries and identified expectations provide structure. They provide structure and order for both parents and children and can prevent unnecessary conflict and consequence. That could possibly happen, especially damages. It can prevent unnecessary conflict and also unnecessary damages. There's no different in the church. There always has to be structure and order, structure and order. It's important to have both structure and order in order to have a healthy family in the household. If we want boundaries and expectations to be right, our communication must be honest and the communication must be often and frequent. All right, so now I'm gonna close with this. Remember we talked about trust, observe, hear, obey, and discern, those five principles. When it comes to communication in the home, communication must be consistently done when time is set for it. This is what I'm saying. People should take time in the household and set time apart to have discussions about family matters. Because if the only time you discuss a family matter is when a problem comes, your boundaries and your expectations will always be off. You should take time in the home to have conversations about the things before they happen. You should set expectations for yourself, the individuals that even stay by themselves. You should have those expectations and conversations with yourself. What are your expectations? What are the things that's going on in your body health-wise, financially, your preferences? Your guidelines, the people for yourself, you should have that instead of waiting on a situation to happen. And then you respond to the situation because typically then it's too late. But if you already have the conversations with the family about the potential things that could come now, everybody's on the same page. Amen. These are things that you have to set time apart to do, though. All right. So you have to set time and say, on this day, at this particular time, we're going to have these conversations. Amen. All right? I'll close with this. And that is, growing up, I was sharing this the other day with someone with the family. See, growing up, we used to have these family talks. And Sister Robinson say, man, if we still have these family talks. So, we had these family talks when I was growing up and uh, my mother would sit us, she would gather the family in and sit us all down on on the couch, okay? She called them family talks, all right? Now, I, I didn't know I was marrying someone that was similar to my mother because we were early in our marriage and she would say, hey, it's time for a family talk. I said, Lord, have mercy. I got to recalculating. She, my mother would say, it's, it's, "It's time for a family talk." These family talks started when we were little. We were just little kids. Little uh, family talk. Come on, and we all sit down on the couch. She's sitting there, and Daddy just over there, like, "Yeah, y'all about to get it." So I'm just, I'm just standing over here and support. <laughs> so we all sit down, and Mama would talk to us about things. That was happening in our world, that was happening in the neighborhood, that was happening at school, and also things that were happening in the church. They were called family talks. If something would take place in the church that wasn't right, family, come on, sit down. She would. As soon as we got home, come on, family talk, let's go, sit down. Now, did y'all see brother and sister so-and-so? Y'all see when this happened? Did y'all see that? Did y'all hear what happened? Now, in this house, this is what we do. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yep, we know. Okay. Yep, we know. That's right. Those family talks continue. We'd be teenagers. Come on. Family talk. we like, oh. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Yes. Yes, mom. What, 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 what happened now? What happened? <laughs> but, but, but guess what? She didn't care. She didn't care. You can have the ugliest look you want to look. Be quiet. Sit down. Put the toy down. Put that down. Let's talk. We're going to straighten this out right now. (sighs) No, we did not do that. (laughs) Because then here come daddy. (laughs) It was over then. (laughs) It was over. We didn't do that. We probably wanted to. Family talks. Why? Because family mattered. And she made sure that regardless of what happened in the world, regardless of what happened in the church, regardless of what happened anywhere, our family was on the same page with what expectations we had according to the Bible. We would see things that took place because, see, as children, you question things. Somebody say, as adults, oh, you question things too. And you wonder, well, why can brother so-and-so do that, but I can't? Well, why do I see him doing that, but I can't do that? See, children don't only think like that. Adults think like that too. You got to have family talks. Somebody say, I'm by myself. You better talk to the Lord or call your pastor. Family talk. It matters. It matters for you to be able to remain in the Lord and not to be confused by things. All right? So people wonder these things, and mom will say, uh come on. Sit down. Let's talk about this. Because we, see, it, here's, the, here's the thing that took place in my home. If one kid had a question, she applied it to everybody. My brother could have a question about something. She said, family talk, we're like, who, who said something? <laughs> who, was it you? Was it, who said something? We mad. She didn't care, because she thought if one kid was thinking it, well, maybe all of them are thinking it. We, I get upset, especially, I was the oldest. They're here for me afterwards. As soon as we got out of mama's sight, I was, I didn't get the Holy Ghost till 21. See, sister, yeah, see. <laughs> Uh Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, hey, that whole be angry but sin not, I just left out the sin not. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We, 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 I jumped past that. God had to change me. Change me. Family talk, sit down. Let's, let's talk about this. She'll read that scripture. she said, well, the Bible says this. Now, 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 you got to remember, we grew up, daddy was pastor. Daddy was a preacher in the church, right? Now, look. There are certain things we do in this house. Now, I know brother and sister so-and-so, they let their kids do that, but we don't do that here in this house. The Robinson family, this is what we do. This is how we conduct things. But mama, ba-da-da-da-da. no, 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 no. This is, this is how we do it. I know everybody going to that party over there and everybody going to spend the night. It's not even a party. It's just a sleepover. You ain't sleep, You sleeping right over in that room over there. That's where you sleeping over at. Matter of fact, all four of y'all can just get, come on, y'all want some music, y'all want some tent, some s'mores. We can have it right here if you want. But but here's the thing. As much as that got on my nerves, as much as I did not like it, I'm who I am today because of those talks. And I have an understanding of what what she meant and what my parents meant to us children because they were doing the best they could just like all of us do. The best we can to make sure those children, they got to have understanding of why. We got to talk to them instead of just saying, no, we're not doing it with no explanation. No. Now, there were some things. (laughs) It was just no. (laughs) And there was no explanation, and we didn't question it because it was because Daddy said so. It, It is what it is. Those things were put in this. Why? Because family matters. And those, these communications, it mattered. And what it was, what I didn't realize then is what I'm teaching today. It was honest communication. That's all it was, was honest communication. It was honest communication. And those things have to take place in order to build trust. It has to take place in, in order for you to hear right, to obey. Amen? To discern. Listen. All the things that we were talking about, see, was taking place when I was just a young kid. But I had to learn to understand these are things that matter to the Lord. Because that's what God is looking for out of his church. Communication, a relationship. He wants to be truthful with you. He wants you to learn from him. He wants you to listen to him. He wants you to hear him and follow him. He wants you to obey him. He wants you to be able to discern even when you can't feel him. Because at some point, our kids grow up. At some point, the younger generation grows up. At some point, we become where we are. What have we put in them? What have we done? Because there's a difference. Man, I've only been preaching for a long time. I'm closing again. I told myself when I became a pastor, I would not ever be that type of pastor. And I just did it. Just did it. No, no. no, no, no. That's right. I just did it. There's a difference. I, 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 I am. I'm ending with this. There's a difference between teaching and training. Right? Totally different things just because you're teaching someone something doesn't mean you are properly training them. So don't mistake your teaching for training, right? Two totally different things. Is teaching a part of training? Yes, it is. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. We must be a church that trains. We must have healthy families that train. We must be a people that learn how to train Generations, not just teach the generation. Some might say family matters. <laughs> Let's stand.